Hey, so this is another episode of Dumb and Dumbest with Matt Bacon and my beautiful co-host, Curtis Dewar. The beautifulest co-host that, from Canada that there is. He's like a giant Canadian stereotype. Yeah. Um, point being. We also live in igloos. He also does live in an igloo, in case any yeah. of you were curious about how to visit Curtis. And we all only eat poutine and we only watch hockey. There's nothing else on TV. I would I mean... And everything's snow, even in the summer. Right. Now that I've distracted you completely on the intro. <laughs> now that I now that I am completely lost. Today, Curtis and I wanted to talk about um professionalism. Yeah. So and you know, this kind of comes from years of doing this and years of seeing people maybe not being the most professional or maybe not uh realizing why what they're doing is aggravating. Yeah. And limits themselves. Now, ju- now, just to jump in before we get too too ahead of ourselves, I have done some pretty unprofessional things in my time. Yes, I've probably even done things within within the last week. I've made mistakes, so we're not nitpicking or anything like that. It's more like we're going over some things that we've observed that uh, many bands in general could improve upon for their professionalism. Because I know we're going to end up getting emails saying, "Well, you fucking did this. You did this. You did this." So, yeah. So that that's not the that's not the goal here. The goal here is just to say, yeah. guess what? We might be able to help you too. Yeah, but we're not perfect at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Curtis. Yeah. How do you how do you want to start this? What's the what's what's your plan of attack here? Well, basically, the main the main issue that I found that. Um, if we're going to be talking about the pet peeves and the professionalism and stuff is lack of communication is the main yeah. killer when you're dealing with uh, a publicist or manager or consultant. So here, here's a good example. So let's say you want to release a single, for example. Um, you don't tell your publicist, you just release it. That's not good. <laughs> Because I've actually had bands not tell me that they've released a single, and I find out like three or four days later, and they're like, "Well, why aren't you pushing our single?" I'm like, "You didn't tell me you released a single." I'm like, "Oh, oops, my bad." It's like, "Well, that fucks me up." You know what I mean? Yeah, it fucks you up hard. That's yeah. part of the it's part of the shtick, right? Is that you don't you don't want to look like an asshole. Yeah. Well, it's not just necessarily even looking like an asshole. It's more like not how it, it, it fucks up any possible for a strategy because if you're not coordinated, especially with the people you're paying it, you know, why are you really paying them if you're not going to let them in on your strategy? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, it amazes me routinely how many bands don't actually like, they like, yeah, you're just doing PR yeah. for example. And then, and then they go out and do other things and it's like, well, well, I needed to know that. I can't just... Basically, if you're a band and someone is helping you, give them as much information. Give them too much information because that's actually well, better. Agreed. Like Another good example is I've also had it in the past where, for example, uh, bands will buy advertising with a certain magazine or site. They won't let me know. So if I don't know that they have advertising at that site, because between you, me, and the gate quote post... Um, if you have an ad somewhere, there's a 99.9% better chance you're going to get covered in that magazine. So if I don't know that you bought an ad, then I can't switch, uh, put that in, 
in when I'm talking to the editorial department than an ad's been purchased because they're usually going to give priority to those people that bought the ads. So if their ad department hasn't told them and you haven't told your publicist, your likelihood of getting reviewed in that magazine is very, very slim, even though you put down like 500 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's also important to realize that putting advertisements in magazines, just for the record, is not always the most effective. Depends. It does. Depends. I think that if you have a, if you're a metal band and you put together a very nice ad for decibel, yeah, then people are going to give a shit. I definitely decibel or metal hammer or like a genre mag. If you're trying to go and I don't know what the name, there's a whole bunch of non genre mags, but I wouldn't go there. Yeah. Cause you know, again, people are used to being hyper targeted. You know, I'm used to, I'm used to getting ads that are like, Oh, Matt really likes this obscure branch of Polish black metal. Well, yeah. we're going to advertise him that obscure branch of Polish black metal. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So professionalism I think is key. And just sort of like, I had this the other night at a show where I was setting some stuff up and someone was like, oh, why don't you just do it? And, and you know, because at the end of the day, a big part of professionalism is a willingness to not rock the boat if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know what but I mean? But you should also do things if you need to at the same time. There's a yeah. judgment factor. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, if something's non-urgent and will take you five minutes to get yeah. sorted then yeah. make that executive decision. You know, if something is urgent and might take you time to get sorted, yeah. you know, at least let people know the decision you made so they can work with it. You know, I see so often bands who maybe make a stupid decision and they know it was a stupid decision. Yeah. And then instead of, instead of, you know, letting me know so I can maybe work around it, mm-hmm. they, they don't, they're just like, Oh, you know, you, yeah. uh, how, how did you not know? Well, yeah, and like that. at the end of the day, like I know a lot of bands, I know with a lot of the bands you in particular are targeting Curtis. This is their yeah. first time sort of paying for services for things. Yeah. 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 And that's cool. And yeah. that's important, you know, cause you're a very good gateway to sort of how other people mm-hmm. in the industry operate. Yeah. But what needs to be taught, I think, which is key is that <clears throat> like, you're not, like you you care about them and you're helping them, but you're not like incredibly invested, just like I'm not incredibly invested. So I'm not going to be like checking a million times on your social media posts a day to tell, you know, to figure out if, if you did something without me knowing, you know what I mean? Well, that's it. I mean, I happened before where bands are like, Oh, I put it on Facebook and it's like, well, yeah. Okay. Do you know how many bands I work with? I'm not going to read all their that's- Facebooks individually daily. That's the thing. And also, yeah, I mean, I can't always keep track with all the Facebooks because I'm also trying to ha- make sure that they're getting placements on their campaign, right? So, that, I mean, my in my viewpoint, my highest priority is making sure that they're being covered. So I'm gonna, if I'm going to be paying attention to placements plus everybody's social media, I'm not going to get much else done during the day, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that, that's the key is like... Yeah. And again, this is also one of those things where you have to have faith, you know, because I've also yeah. had people who've been like... And I'm sure you've had this too, Curtis. Like we're both very active on social media and I'm sure that you've had people who are like, Oh, well fucking, um, if we're, you know, if you're so active on social media, how come you don't have time to do this other shit? And it's like, well, yeah, actually, yeah, no one would give a shit about me if I wasn't active on social media. Well, it's not just that, but also, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever had anybody say that to me, but, um, but, the thing with me, I know I've said it before, 
is that when I use social media, I'm using, using it intentionally for the fact of trying to keep communication lines in with journalists and other bands. It's not as, um, I'm not doing it for fun. I mean, I have fun while I'm doing it, but that's, I mean, I'm actually trying to work when I'm doing it. So like if I, like a little while ago, I just retweeted uh, All Father and I put a joke in there that Striper was now opening for them. Like that's intentional to get their tweet seen and also to maybe get some interaction. Cause you know, if someone sees, sees that I said Striper was gonna open for them as a joke, they might actually respond and, and which will then increase the likelihood the tweet will be seen in the algorithm, you know, so. Or by Michael Sweet himself. That would be hilarious. Michael Sweet actually respond. I'm waiting for the day that Michael Sweet actually responds to something I put out there. It's like the Ty Lopez thing with you, right? Um, I mean, I feel like other people have created the Ty Lopez thing. While I think it would be cool to work with Ty Lopez, I feel like you would be much more excited about me working with Ty Lopez. Oh, I would be totally. Well, keep in mind, I've also I've also done one of Ty Lopez's Lopez's courses in the past. So, did you meet him? No. It was, all, it was all internet based. It was pretty interesting, actually. It was only like 50 bucks. I mean, you got like, it was like 80 hours worth of freaking stuff. He oh, rambles wow. a bit, but I mean, it was worth 50 bucks, I'd say. Well, more than 50 bucks. Right. And so, so that's what I'm just trying to say is like, you know, people who use social media and our professionals are usually using it actively, you know, and just be aware of how the universe operates sometimes because like at the end of the day, like, okay, Curtis, ju just yep. for, just for argument's sake. Yep. Um, and this is something I want to kind of tie into professionalism. Like, sure. so with your average campaign, you're charging 400 bucks a month, right? Yeah. Per month. Essentially. But I mean, you get dis yeah. You can get discounts depending on how long you do it for and if you're labeled, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Okay. Yeah. But you do 400 bucks a month, Roughly, and, yeah. which is very fair. Um, mm -hmm. Now, if, if someone wanted your undivided attention, how much yeah. would they have to pay you monthly? That's $400 a month. That's what I charge. No, no, right. but if someone wanted your undivided attention that you were the only client on a very demanding level. Oh, more than that. I don't know. I'd have to figure it out because that would be a dip in, I mean, I, that would be a dip in income, right? So I, no. I'm not sure. And that, that's what I'm saying is that I yeah. think a big part of professionalism is realizing that like it would be given how many people in music's uh, business structures operate, many, many smart people in music's business structures operate. Mm -hmm. It's literally impossible to be like, well, why the fuck don't you, you know, why the fuck don't you, you know, why the fuck do you have so many clients? And the yeah. answer is because I want to not die. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, though, is that like with me, I mean, I, at one time, I think I had at one point, because I had a label that I worked with, um, overload me with 15 albums that I wasn't expecting. It was like a lot of albums. So I ended up having 30, 35 clients that month. It was mental, but I did it. <laughs> That's nuts. It was. I mean, I wasn't expect like this label had me on retainer. I didn't know they were going to be giving me that many. Like, it was just out of the blue. And then I'd already agreed to a bunch of other clients. I was like, oh, shit. It, it, I made it work, but it, it's mental when that happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And those things do happen. Yeah. And like, you know, like it's, and that's another thing to appreciate is that like, if your email isn't getting answered and the speed, so let's say, let's say you're a band. Okay. And you hire yeah. me or Curtis and your email doesn't get answered right away. Yeah. Like it's amazing to me how many people have a zero sympathy. 
Well, here's the thing, though, is that this is the way I look at it before you go on. And I'm not trying if to I don't, complain, but I'm just like, I always try to be, like, I, I legitimately don't understand this because I always try to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't reply. That, that happens. Yeah. I usually give people two days before I start to bitch. But what I'll also do is if it's important is I'll hit them up on different social media. Oh, yeah. That's and what that's I'll do. Yeah. A lot of people don't like that. Like, I got bitched out by someone the other day who we both know about. But um, I don't care. I mean, it got answered. You know. Yeah, and that, that's something else to realize yeah. is that if someone's trying to get in touch with you, get back in touch. You know. And if they and if they bug you on social media because you're not answering your email, don't bitch out. Bitch them out. It's your fault. Yeah. You know, just yeah. generally, just be nice and respectful and appreciate that people are mm-hmm. actively hustling for you. Yeah. And because of that. You know, that's where things get interesting and active and all that other stuff. Yeah. But at the same token, I mean, everybody misses stuff every once in a while. Like, yeah. I mean, I had something happen to me the other day. Somehow I missed an email that was four or five days old. And I've had stuff, seen stuff going to my spam from people that I'm regularly in contact with. Like, I had a situation a couple of months ago where any, any emails from Indie Metal Vault was landing in my spam. I don't know why I've been in regular contact with them, but it was landing my spam. And I'm sure Clayton over at mini metal vault thought I was being a dick because I wasn't answering them. But I find these emails are like, you know, seven, eight days old, 12 days old, not answered. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to. They've landed in my spam, you know? So, well, I think what's important is Curtis, you know about the four agreements. Remind me, I don't know what you're referring to. Okay. So the four agreements is this really amazing book. Um, I think it was actually recommended to me by uh, Todd Severin of uh, Ripple Music. Mm. And so the four agreements, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to pull it up directly so that I can, uh, I, I can read it for you like straight off and not look like a complete asshole. Okay. Um, so let's see if we can pull those up. Right, okay, here we go. Ready? Four agreements yep. that will make you a professional band. Okay. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. If you do those four things, yeah. you're going to be fine as a band. Yeah. And it's not too big, big of a deal if you fuck up. Everybody fucks up once in a while. I, I put typos in press releases accidentally. You know, Matt misses shit too. We've both put glaring typos in articles. You know, so not a big, big deal if you mess up. But just continue on. If you fuck up, say I fucked up. Don't try to hide it, you know. Yeah, that, uh, that, that seems to be the the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. So right. How many times have you done? How many times have you had typos in an article that, that people have bitched you out for, Matt? Countless. One thing go. I one thing I would point out though, just real yeah. fast, with regards to um, if you are if so, if you're a band getting PR or press releases done or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about typos because at the end of the day, the people that like, I am not as much of a journalist as I used to be, although I still write more than honestly 95% of journalists. That's not an exaggeration. Mm -hmm. Um, But like with those types of things, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the right word here with, with, with those types of things, like realize that, Sorry. Mm-hmm. Try, okay, right. Ah, boy. So, realize 
journalists aren't reading press releases word for word in 99.9% of cases, right? So if there's a typo or a poorly worded sentence, it doesn't matter because 99.9% of the time journalists are just skimming, especially if you're a smaller unknown band. 99.9% of the time you're right. And they're looking for stuff also a lot of the times that they will crib in their own, in their own writing a lot of times, just so that way they got an idea about what to say. So um, I know, um, Richard from Sheltered Life will disagree with me on that because he made a long post about me saying this one time. But the thing is, is that if your press release isn't perfect, your press kit isn't perfect, it's not a big deal. It really isn't. Yeah. Like the visualist, in my experience, the visual aesthetic is actually a lot more important than... I, I agree. If you've got a band picture in there that's a good band picture and not just like a picture of you eating a hot dog or something stupid, it goes a long way versus the bio. I mean, I've sent... I mean, I've had, I've seen, not sent necessarily, but I, I've seen some awful bios from European labels that have done, and the albums have done really well in the press. Like some of the, some of the press kits I've seen from some Euro labels with Euro PRs are just fucking horrible, you know? Yeah. I mean, just English up the wazoo, just awful, and I've still seen them do well, right? When I was a journalist too, when I used to write for Pure Grain, you'd get some lists awfully worded stuff but i mean if the music's good it's like who cares right it's the visuals you see the covers cool you go band pick looks cool right and you still listen to it anyways right but and i'm not excusing non-professionalism i'm just saying it's not as big of a deal as some people will make it out to be so if you hire a publicist and they spend like you know six weeks on your bio that shouldn't be you know their, their product is getting you pressed not getting you a press a perfectly worded press release i'm sorry it's 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 the function not the structure right honestly one thing i do what kind of based around that and th this shows you the extent to which this exists yeah is when i write i feel like i write pretty damn good bios for bands you do way better the job than i do that's why i send people to you um but one thing i've do and this is a conscious choice and i don't mind saying it yeah. is that if whenever i submit like what's basically the final bio i yeah. always say check out this draft yeah, because of my fear of people like that who are going to get angry that you know this bio for their band with 500 Facebook fans isn't completely grammatically perfect. And again, like it's it's not like yes, having a properly worded bio is only going to work for you. Yeah. I agree, but also appreciate that you know there are significantly more important things to do with your band than spend three days worrying about your bio. Yeah, you don't need to. I mean, you like, I try to get, like, I have a couple of people that write for me and I try to get them to do it before I send anything out. But I mean, if they don't have time and I'm not the greatest writer in the world, but I'll cobble together what I can and send it out. But I mean, as long as I'm getting the placements, I mean, I don't fucking care what their bio looks like. I really fucking don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't. Because to me, it's like, am I getting them placements? Yes. No. Okay. Is it good enough at this moment in time to get them pressed? Yes, it is. Good. Right. Yeah, and the so, other the other important thing to realize, I think, is like, you know, that the websites that just that like I I know PR people and Curtis doesn't do this, but I know PR people who their idea of a result is a website that just posts your bio and a link to your band. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, obviously that's not really actually helpful. But if you do happen to have one of those PR people, then yeah, you want to have an immaculate bio.
Yeah, but, I mean those 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 things do serve a purpose at times. Like I've found bands from doing from seeing stuff like that. But I mean, what you want is you want reviews, you want interviews, you want news placements. Yeah, anything. getting getting everything. featured in public in not publications but websites that are uh, not. I don't want to say amalgamations, but um, like well, those help too. Yeah, like I mean, everything helps. I mean, it's kind. of... I mean, I don't want to like say it's not a good idea to get those those types of placements because it is, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's you want to you want to get results is what you want. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. yeah. You know. Oh, um, anyway, but yeah. So professional, and then also another big part of professionalism is realizing where you are in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, you, something... if, if you don't get placed on metal injection your campaign's not a failure yeah and if you come expecting rolling stone yeah okay i would be yeah. very curious if, if you can introduce this is an open challenge if you can introduce me to a publicist who will get you in rolling stone for the price curtis charges i will sever all contact with curtis <laughs> on a routine basis maybe you might want to qualify that in case it was like a one-time fluke yeah, on a routine basis, yes. Yeah, because I mean, I've seen, I recently had a band claim that publicists said for, uh, how much was it, a total of $400 for a three-month campaign, they'd get them in Revolver. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. That, I don't even think ad space in Revolver used to be like a 1000 bucks just to get a small ad, so. But the publicist is going to get you in there for a four hundred dollars in a three month campaign. Sure. Yeah. Regardless. Sure. sure. Regardless. And they're yeah. unknown too, so it's like okay. And, sure. and this doesn't just apply to PR. This also applies to shows. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like again, if you're if you're trying to be a professional, well, professionals know their craft, right? Mm-hmm. And it amazes me how many musicians don't understand that, like you're not going to just happen to find a promoter who really believes in your band and puts you on a sick bill. That's not how it works. Unless you've got a lot of cash and can do a buy-on for a band that's doing that. That's yeah. really big. Yeah, but outside of that, like, yeah. it doesn't just randomly happen that you get on a cool club night for free yeah. with everything locked in place, at least not in rock and metal. I know that sort of thing does happen a little bit in like, hip-hop. Yeah. But, well, can, can I say one thing on this? Just, sure. just, just to mention, like... Matt and I aren't saying don't have high expect expectations for your campaigns. You should, undoubtedly. But here's the thing is if it's your first EP or your first album, and let's say that one of us happened, like, for example, let's say I get you in Metal Hammer or Decibel or something like that, that's really, really good, but it's not usually likely on your first try. Has it happened? Yes. Has I had it happen more than once? Yes. Can I guarantee something like that? No. Does that mean your campaign was a failure? No, not at all. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can judge a campaign as being a success, but just because you didn't get, like, for example, a major print placement or a major, uh, like, metal sucks or a metal injection on your first try does not mean that the campaign was a failure. A lot of times, a PR campaign serves to introduce you to the press, so for future albums, you can then get into bigger places. Right? It's a long-term game, and if you're self-releasing an album expecting to get into noisy or NPR is really ridiculous. I mean, you can try and you can ask your publicist to try and they should try, 
but to then, but if you then think the campaign was a failure and you wasted your money, I'm sorry, that's just stupid, you know? And that actually reminds me, that ties into a final point I want to tackle before we have sure. to sign off and get back to making, making the donuts. Making the donuts. Um, is, see, you like donut jokes because you're Canadian. I do. <laughs> and I am. Four uh, Tim Hortons in my little town. Oh, holy shit. So what, that's like four Tim, uh, Tim Hortons for every like 10,000 people? Well, no, we got in Cambridge, there's actually 130,000 people. The metro area is like five, and it's not that small. But I mean, the section where I'm at is kind of small townish. So, yeah, okay. probably for every 10,000 people, a couple thousand people, there's a Tim Hortons. Yeah. Okay. This is in Ontario. In BC, it's not like this. Regardless, yeah. the final point of professionalism, right, is if you're not happy, don't whine about it on social media. That's like the number one way to get people to not want to work with you. Unless right. you think that it can make get, make your tweet go viral, if it's a way that can make your tweet go viral, I disagree on this point and complain away. I talk about my kids on social media, and if I get retweets on it, I'm totally happy with that. No, but I'm saying like if if, if like for example, <laughs> yeah, they hire you, yeah, and you know they're not happy because they thought they were going to get into Rolling Stone or whatever, yeah. Well, if they tweet about that, they're just going to get shit on. It's just going to make you look bad. Yeah. And I mean, here's the other thing to just note with that too. Let's say that if you felt like you didn't have a great campaign, it happens. I'm sorry. I, I don't always have successful campaigns. I've got a good rate ratio, but I've had bomb campaigns. I recently had, I've recently had a campaign bomb. It happened, but I've also yeah. got, you know, another 10 campaigns that people are really happy with and did extremely well. It happens. And no one's always going to hit a home run. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, but like also, but appreciate that like outside of very explicit circumstances, yeah, like we have better relationships with you than with industry people than you do. And that's not a threat. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. Yeah. So, and we have a better understanding of how the music industry works than you do. Yeah. So you talking shit is just going to make other people not want to work with you. Exactly, 100%. I mean, unless you've got an extremely valid point where you've been ripped off, there's no point in doing that. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just another way to make people think you're a joke. Like, yeah. you know, how many people do you think are going to work with, um, fuck it, Tanger Cavalry after his whole blow up on social media? I didn't even know there was a blow up, but okay. Oh, it, was, it was absurd. And, you know, and like that's, if you do that, you're just going to... You know, you're just going to hurt yourself. Yep. People are not going to want to work with you because even if it's a legitimate complaint, a lot of the time people don't want to work with you because it, if you're a fuse, yeah. like that's just dangerous. Yeah. Well, also the thing is, is that the guys that complain the most always end up having the most problems. Yeah. This it's is also a warning true. signal. <laughs> well, yeah, because if you if you refuse to accept what the music industry is and how shitty the music industry can be. Yeah. I don't even know why you bother. Well, the other thing too, what I'm trying to say though, at the same time is if, if people see you constantly complaining about individuals, it always ends up being the person who's complaining, <laughs> not the other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if someone, so if everybody's got good things to say about Matt Bacon, except one band's complaining about Matt Bacon and they're complaining about Curtis Stewart and then they're complaining about Todd and then they're complaining, you know what I mean? It's that band. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not the other yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. If someone's been established doing this, yeah, you know, 
Unless it's like yeah. Tony Brummel. Unless it's who? Tony, 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 Tony Brummel from Victory Records. Oh, he... I don't know much about it. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> He's a nut. I, but I kind of... I kind My favorite Hard Times article of all time is, oh no, mom is dating Tony Brummel from Victory Records. If you like hardcore, you should look it up because it's fucking hilarious. I don't like hardcore in general, so I'm not going to look it up myself. Okay. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the offer. And if you ever want Tony Brummel stories that I've heard from people who were there firsthand, I got them for days. <laughs> so, anyway... As we head towards the end, uh, let's just look at things we have to plug. Uh, I'm doing really well on Instagram. I'm hoping to hit 2,000 by the end of Cycle Las Vegas, where I will be. If you want to hang out with me, just DM me or something. When are you going to that? Uh, I'm flying out tomorrow afternoon. No podcast for a few days then, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I also need to upload the episode we recorded yesterday. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, we've got... So, I'll be at Cycle Las Vegas. You guys should come out and talk and smoke a cigar. Um, and then otherwise, <clears throat> Curtis, we ha- do you want to talk about dropout social? Sure. We've had a couple people join in the last couple days. Um, I noticed Ross from Vermilion Whiskey was looked like he was going to do something in there too, but, um, we have dropout social. We're doing a marketing challenge daily that I'm running so far. We're on day number, I think it's seven. I want to say, I'm not sure, but this week, um we're starting with some basic stuff we're going over twitter as the part of the challenge this week if you'd like to join uh search for dropout social in the facebook uh search bar and then there's also going to be a link in the in the notes for this podcast yay and then either matt or i will accept you assuming you're not like a porn bot or a uh you know weirdo looking person if you look like you're uh you know you're gonna actually participate then um i'll accept you if you're a porn bot well, until they start putting like uh, viruses on the page or something like that. Um, but anyway, so this week, this week we're covering Twitter. Um, I think people are doing well with it. They appear people to be are. doing well. People seem to be enjoying it. People, like you have a very thorough understanding of Twitter. Yeah. Think, especially for some of my clients, isn't something I can provide because I don't. I get it, but I don't use it. I understand how to use it, but I choose not to. My marketing challenge can help you, Matt. I know. That's why I've been doing them. Yeah. Um, so next week, I don't know what I'm going to be covering yet. I think what I might be doing next week is I might be going over some of the stuff I've been learning in a copywriting course I've been doing and applying, seeing if we can apply that to musicians. Um, don't know yet, but um, I think that might be what we're going to do. But so far this week, we're going to be focusing on Twitter and uh, all the basics of that and hopefully getting people uh, expanding their Twitter following and their Twitter usage as a result of this. Perfect. Yeah. Good. So if you want to become a tweet Twitterer, join Dropout Social. If you want a free list of hashtags for your band, no strings attached, um, hit me up, Matt at dropoutmedia.net. It'll be good. I'll also even throw in some pictures of my cat. Cool. Can I also make a plug for a couple other things here? No. I had a couple, please. Yes. I had a couple things come out today that I want people to check out if they got a, if they got a minute. Uh, backwards Payback. Have a new video at the Obelisk. Just went excellent live today. Record, excellent video. And an excellent band. Mike is an awesome person. Um, Mike, Mike kissed me once. Well, all right. Well, did you reciprocate that or what? Well, it was like on the neck. I didn't really have my, like my lips. I would have, but my lips weren't really in a position. You're going to have to tag him on this podcast now that we're talking about him. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, Backwoods Payback. Have a new video at the Obelisk today. 
Um, tomorrow will be yesterday if we post it tomorrow and a couple days ago if we post in a couple days. But anyways, it's an awesome video. Go check it out. Obelisk. If you don't know what the obelisk is, you're, you're fucking dumb. Up. Yeah. And then another thing that came out today. Well, I got two more things out. Devil's Gate streaming a new song over at Decibel. Um, and then I got Tascoma released uh, their new album today and it's streaming at Echoes and Dust. And there's a big Tumungus tour announcement for them in the U for Europe, UK and, uh, and New Zealand. Go check out all three of those things. And that's my pitch. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Come hang out with me at Psycho Las Vegas. I am still hustling for September, taking on new clients, doing all that good shit. We've got a few cool new offers on both of our ends if you hit us up directly. And oh, yeah. I should mention my 15% off. I got 15% off on three-month campaigns to lean in August. Anyways, yes. I'll shut up. I, one of my newest programs I think is very useful for a lot of bands. It's very cheap. All it is is... I give you social media feedback every week. It's 50 bucks a month. I also give you a social media plan and probably some other kind of fun social media helpful deliverable. And all the bands involved so far have been very stoked on it and have felt a significant growth for only 50 bucks a month. That's like $10 a band member if you're a normal metal band. Awesome. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to sign off. This has been Dumb and Dumbest episode, uh, I think 10. I think we hit double digits. Woohoo! Cool. Thank you for listening. Awesome. We done yet?